0: All right, we're back on this Hammerdown show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I want to go over to our Hammerhead hotline, and we're going to bring in our very good friend Tom Deanhart from GoldenBlack.com. Tom, always great to talk to you. It's been a uh, big recruit weekend or week here already um, with uh, several guys already committing, and uh, I can't help but notice... This seems to be um, the, the early commits are mostly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so who can I thank for that? And uh, should I read any more into the fact that the, the defensive guys have all committed early?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, maybe it may a bit of a coincidence there. Who knows? It's hard to tell at this point, Jared. But uh, eight total commitments in the class of 2023 for Purdue. Nice start, of course about over a year ago what ricky collins the quarterback from louisiana committed and then uh more more recent vintage we've seen guys like winston birdland of carmel the safety Uh and then uh of course the and then the running guys the last two weeks right owen davis the linebacker from ohio and then boy you got um you know dylan Feeneman. you got micah micah carter from louisville it's just been a it's been a run of good guys you got the cornerback from uh from florida um a gun so again it's it's been a good a good role of recruits for purdue so far and Jared i think um you know you got twenty five guys you can you can typically sign of course that may go up if the rules change but again uh, the point i'm gonna to try to make here is who's going to leave space for 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 transfers of course so Maybe they take upwards of fifteen high school kids and like I said they've got eight so far and uh maybe they're halfway home to what they want to sign high school wise or commit high school wise so far.
0: Seems like there's been a real emphasis on the defensive line. I, I like this Carter kid. I was watching his tape, real, real long kind of guy. And then, you know, I take a look at what uh Purdue has, you know, coming in here in the fall at that position, because you know I like I I told you how much I like the Caraway kid, right? I mean, he's fantastic. Um, They had another great... uh, Oh, uh, Strickland, too, um, in in this class here. I mean, this defensive line's looking... Holy smoke, it's looking pretty deep over these two classes here so far. And, I mean, we're just scratching the surface of this year.
1: Yeah, you got to uh, credit Mark Hagan, of course, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Mark's done a great job since he's been back at Purdue. And uh, you talked about the uh, the commitments or the signees that they had um, last year, and they did bring in a nice collection. Of, I think it was four defensive linemen, Jared. And three of those guys got here in time for spring football. Of course, Mo Amanda, Dave of West Lafayette, J.P. Dieter of Manville, Texas,
0: uh-huh.
1: and then you talked about Joe Strickland from Vobuff. So all three of those guys went through spring ball. I think Mo probably was the most impressive of the three, Jared. I think Moe's going to play this year. I think he's going to have a role at, at nose tackle. And you mentioned Nick Carraway. He's the fourth member of the class of 2022 along the defensive line. From Bryan, Texas, which is right near Texas A&M. Jared, uh, Nick Carraway may be the best of all four of those guys. I love that kid. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be a Leo. I wouldn't be shocked if, like Moe uh Nick Carraway doesn't carve a niche this year as a true freshman so Jerry you got those four guys from last year and then of course this year we've talked about some of the D-line commits talked about Micah Carter we talked about him the DN from Louisville you know what he, he at this point he's the guy that's boy uh, off the charts with his potential but still really underdeveloped uh he just dealt with injury that's really uh, sort of held him back but again he still had a bunch of offers even though he's hardly played much football um of course you know drake carlson from nashville tennessee he's a guy jared he goes to a a, a catholic school called father ryan plays very competitive football in the state of tennessee look for him to be a defensive tackle i know you're going to see him listed as a defensive end in a lot of places but drake carlson look for him to be a dt i think he's a guy with a bright future too so there are some other good defensive linemen and and they could get a couple more commits up front before it's all said and done. So, yeah, that, 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 that position led by, again, Mark Hagan, uh, it's really taken some big steps from a talent procurement standpoint the last year
0: or so. It's almost as if you get a guy in that position group in the top ten of the NFL draft that people tend to notice those sort of things and want to come and do the same thing.
1: Yeah, you know what, too, I think that, that certainly helps. But, you know, uh, I think you've got to give. Mark Hagan a lot of credit here this is a guy with a reputation he came to Purdue with a good reputation um for uh for developing defensive linemen was at Texas was at Texas A&M of course at Purdue for a long time he developed a lot of great players in West Lafayette from what 2000 to 2011 when he was here 2010 last time so again he's got quite a resume that's starting to resonate with recruits and and, yeah, the George Carl office effect, there's no doubt that that's got to be helping this year, too. George has really been a big advocate for what Mark Hagen's done for his career in the only season they worked together. So, you know what, Jared? You're a you're a Steelers guy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know you know what a great defensive line means to a, an NFL team, a pro team, and a high school team, for that matter. you got to be good up front on both sides of the ball. And Purdue's D-line uh, looks like it's going to continue to be a strength for the present and the near future here.
0: We're talking with Tom Deinhart, goldenblack.com, here on our Hammerhead Hotline. All right, so we've run out of anthrops, unfortunately, to throw on the football field, but it looks like we still have a supply of Thenemans, which is great. And Dylan Thiedemann, uh has uh, made his uh, commitment, and uh, he will come and play at Purdue. Uh, where do you power rank Dylan in your uh, power ranking of Thienemans? Where is he going to end up at here? What's the word on him?
1: No offense to, uh, to Jacob or Brennan, but uh, Dylan, far and away, is uh, the most promising Thieneman of them all. They always save
0: the best for last, don't they? And, <laughs> I'm the firstborn, uh, so I disagree with that. <laughs> but go right ahead, Tom.
1: Well, I you think know, what's funny is, I was at a, I think I was at like Jacob Thieneman's Pro day a couple of years or so ago, and I was talking to him, and he goes he goes, "Hey, I, he goes, i got a younger brother. He's the best of all." And that's the first time I heard about Dylan Thieneman. And I remember talking to his mom and dad there to practices a lot, and they talked about Dylan and his, his promise, and then Brennan would talk about him. And, and then I saw, I saw Dylan uh, working out at a camp at Purdue last year. I think that's when he was first offered by Ron English, and that's when uh, sort of the, the, the momentum really got going for, for Dylan, and he's got offers from Minnesota and Northwestern, among other schools. And he's a, he's a pure safety Again, he's faster than his older brothers, just more athletic overall. Uh, plays at a big-time program, Westfield High School. You know, his older brothers played at uh, Garen Catholic in Noblesville, but they they wanted Dylan to play at a, at a more of a big-time, larger program just because of his promise. They thought he could develop better at a place like Westfield, and Westfield, of course, is a state power. Mm-hmm. Dylan has done just that, and, uh, yeah, he's a guy that's going to be able to help you out on special teams, too, you think, so. As as you know too, right, Jared? These Steenemans—they're these not only good football players, but they're—they're they're very smart people, uh, engineers. Uh, and I tell you what, their their father's an entrepreneur. Just great academic bloodlines in that family. In addition to their their football acumen too.
0: Talking with Tom Deanhart of GoldenBlack.com here on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, of course, the other big name in that class too, Ricky Collins. That, that's been locked up yeah. for a while, and I know fans are nervous in an NIL world here where. Uh, A guy down in the South SEC country, four stars, a lot of buzz on him, uh, that he could possibly move around. I know there's some rumors about a trip maybe to Florida State and stuff, too. Uh, What have you heard about him? Uh, Do you think Purdue's going to be pretty solid with him going forward, or is that just something that's kind of always going to be in the back of your head that you worry until he signs on the dotted line? I think you're going to worry
1: until he signs, Jared. I mean, I wish I had better news for fans, but... We all know what the climate is out there, right, with NIL and everything. And mm-hmm. you mentioned some of, the, some of the big fish that are starting to circle him, Florida State and Oregon. Those are schools that, Jared, they play to win, buddy. And they want talent, and if they see talent, then they're going to try to get talent. Ricky Collins is a hot commodity, plays in a part of the country where there's tremendous football from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. If you can believe it, Jared, he committed way back last October. Yeah, uh, again, a four-star commit, and uh, the guy who really recruited him was Marty Biaggi, the special teams coach, who of course has left. He's at Ole Miss now. Uh, Ricky seems like he's still committed to Purdue, obviously, and uh, hopefully the Boilermakers can hang on to him. Again, he's a special player, Jared. Uh, if he came to Purdue, he would uh, he would give him not just a good throwing threat, but he would, he would give Jeff Braum an element that he's been seeking for years a quarterback, and that's a guy who can make plays with his feet, too. So a lot to work with in Ricky Collins. And, uh, again, uh, hopefully Purdue can get him, but it's a long way till signing day in December, so we'll see if Purdue can hang on to him until then. Uh, but, again, uh, the first commit and the most valued commit of what is, again, an eight-man class right
0: now. Plus one there for Ballyhoo. I like that. That's a rarely used word. Should be used a little bit more often there, Tom. That's a good one there. So, uh, all right, so we, we've got the eight commitments here. Quarterback, uh, defensive line, uh, some stuff in the secondary here. Uh, going forward, what do you expect? Where are Purdue's biggest needs going forward as well?
1: Yeah, two, real quick, I want, I want to talk about Terrell Washington Jr., the running back they got from Texas, Wiley, Texas, uh, outside of Dallas. A smaller back, a guy who uh, plays a little quarterback in high school. I talked to his head coach last night. Um, dynamic athlete, uh, again, throw him the ball in space, let him run. Uh, he, he, I think, he's a nice running back for the Boilermakers. You know, I still think that they, they're down. They're, they're on a couple of tight ends. Jared, The kid from the Chicago area and the kid from Southern Indiana visited recently. Uh, this could be a two tight end class. I think Purdue would take both those kids if they wanted to commit. They at least want to get one of them. I think. Offensive line, you know, you're always one offensive line, and typically it takes three or four every year. I don't know why they would stray from that. So I think that's an area that you'd see the border Makers weighed into. And then wide receiver, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, this has kind of become, in some degrees, a wide receiver university. Uh, Rondell Moore and David Bell leading the way. And uh, you got to think they can fish out one or two big-time wideouts here, right? There's a couple kids in Indianapolis. And so, again, that's that's another position, I think, Maybe Purdue gets a commitment from here before uh, before we get into August.
0: Exciting times, my friend. Uh, I love talking about all these guys and uh, seeing them come in, try to predict who's going to be the next big thing here. And uh, yeah, they're off to a great start. Like, like we were talking, I, I mean, I, I, I was with you when we were before we got to uh, on the air. I, I don't know what Mark Hagen uh, makes, but he's the most underpaid state employee in Indiana. I mean. Um, <laughs> He's just uh, what, what he's been pulling in the last couple of years, the, the rep and everything, too. Look, we knew, but that's not a surprise to you and me, right? Oh yeah, Is there a former player you've ever talked to? Been like, yeah, I didn't like playing for Mark. Ah, I didn't like Mark. Everybody uh, was scream all the former players were screaming this. Well, they love the guy, and yeah. it's very clear why. Hell, I love him, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I tell you, uh, like you said, Karloff has always vouched for him. Um, uh, everybody you talk to, uh, the defensive lineman uh, on the current roster, of course rave about mark he pushes them you know he's a he's a he's a hard coach hard driver but but he cares and uh you know i think people have seen the results right uh uh that's the, the tangible proof that he knows what he's doing is the talent that he's produced in the past and, and all he has to do is people show people that resume and you watch him work during practices come out to the open practices and you can see mark hagan put his his players through the through the to through the, through the, through the paces and um yeah again he's uh He's one of the best coaches they've got. He knows the state of Indiana. He's from Carmel, coached in Indiana, played in Indiana, knows about every, every, every coach in the state, a great asset in this state. And, Jared, there's still a, there's still a couple big-time D-linemen in Indianapolis. Kendrick Gilbert, big defensive tackle from Cathedral. He has schools like LSU coming after him. I think Purdue's got a real shot at him. And Joshua Mickens is another Indianapolis-area kid. He may be a little bit harder to reel in, Purdue's still trying to get him in for a visit. But that's another big-time national recruit defensive lineman from the Indy area that, that Hagen and company are trying to get in here, too.
0: Love it. Love to hear this. Is I mean, just to see where we're at now as opposed to, like, you know, three years and like, five years ago, I mean, just, it feels like light years away from where we started at with this, uh, you know, with this coaching staff, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, Mark, and you've got, of course, Ron English in the back end, and David Elson's now coaching linebackers. He's a former head coach at Western Kentucky. you got the young cornerbacks coach, Ashton Yabode. And, you know, the offensive staff has been more stable, of course. Dale Williams there, and, uh, and of course, Chris Barclay and Brian Braun. But, you know, they got Ryan Wallace back coaching tight ends. The new guy there being, being uh, uh, McGee, Garrick McGee, the wide receivers coach. But, again, um. Yeah, you know, there's been some turnover there, especially on defense, but Bronx has be able to keep pushing the ball up the hill, and, and this 2022 season certainly seems like maybe it has the potential to be his best yet, or at least one of them.
0: <sighs> Ready to put the ball in the tee and kick it off. Let's go. I don't want to wait till uh, September for this stuff. Tom Deanhart, goldenblack.com again. Uh, you've been doing some great videos too, right? You've been talking to some. Of you've been doing the entrance exams and stuff, or uh, yeah. interviews and stuff too. People got to check these things out because it's great.
1: Yeah, talked to Nick Caraway. got Andre Oban on there. Uh, uh, we've got several more of those to, to roll out here. Shirley, uh, Charlie Kenrich was posted today. He's the tight end from the Cincinnati area. So kind of a fun way for fans, you know, to get a look at these guys and to hear them talk and, and just kind of get to know them a little bit, talk a little bit about their background too. So just a way to introduce these incoming freshmen to the fans before two of kick off in August.
0: Yeah, so make sure to check them out on goldenblack.com. Tom does a great job with that stuff. They're all posted on YouTube, too, right? Yes, it's a
1: lot of fun, like I said. I don't want to rush the summer as quickly as you did. i still got to go to the swimming pool and... Go to Indiana Beach. Go to Kings Island. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to have some fun. I, I don't want to hurry through it yet, buddy.
0: You got to get that tan going there. All right, that's what you got to work on, just in time for the farmer's fall
1: <laughs> yeah, I got the farmer's tan work, and I got to be ready,
0: buddy. Get my jorts and I'll be ready. Oh, geez, here this is going off the rails. TomDeenHardColdBlack dot com, buddy. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for making a little time. We'll get you back on again here uh, soon. Uh, I'm sure we'll have another whole batch to talk about in a couple of weeks and. Uh, we'll see where we're at, and uh, we'll continue to talk some football with you. Thanks so much, bud. Take care, you. Be good, buddy. Thanks, bud. All right, we're going to take our last break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the hammer down Show next on 1017. The Hammer 101.